Welcome to Tanked Up, the podcast all about drinking great craft beer and playing excellent video games. I'm Ben Nova, and this week I'm here with Adul Kerji. Hello. I just hey, like to add that uh, those are our goals, but sometimes the <laughs> beer and the video games can let us down. It is possible. It is true. It is true. Despite our, our excellent refined tastes and, and like insight, sometimes we do get a, a bad game or a bad a beer. Yeah, I've not had a bad beer for a while, actually. I just, I've just been doing very well with my, um, my random choices. Um, I think you've probably steered away from sours. So that helps a lot. Yeah, that does definitely help. I've so, had, the, the only bad beers I've had are the ones I've known, like the like mainstream Canadian ones. that I. Okay. Oh, this is the only beer in the house that I'm not in my normal residence. Yeah, yeah. So. Fair enough. Beggars can't be choosers sometimes when it comes mm-hmm. down to beer. Um, so uh, this week, as we do every week, we're going to drink some beers. I'm going to talk about some games. Um, what's your first beer you're going to drink this week? Adam? Um, I think, let me see, I've got a Ruby Ale, uh, nice. a Smash IPA, and an Imperial Pilsner. So I think it's the Imperial Pilsner. Cool. And this one is from Picaroons, the um, yep. New Brunswick uh, brewery. And uh, it is uh, Feels Good Imperial Pilsner, a surprisingly light Imperial Pilsner, which embodies Feels Good by inspiring the creative pursuits for those who love beer, because it feels good and tastes even better. But mostly, I am a big fan of it for its amazing label. That's quality. That's very good. It is a pug? Yeah. With a crown and a cape. And, cape, and and yeah. it's cl- and like the crown and cape have uh, the the flirtily um, accents on them, so it's clearly nice. a European imperial um, yes. pug. He's obviously someone of note. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also seven percent. Ooh! And you can join the movement. Feelsgood.ca. Dub dub dub. Oh, this must be. I must not know of a thing that this is like a special beer for. Because <laughs> it just a, picked it off the shelf, think, oh, that, that looks cool. I'll grab yeah, that well, because uh, it's feels good art music community. Join the movement www.feelsgood.ca. Um, nice. So I'm guessing Picaroons did something with feels good, whatever that is. Yeah. Once again, Teched Up comes through with the research. Always, always. Um, I'm going to start with the Harbour Antipodine IPA. Ooh. Comes in a little can. It's only a small beer to start with. Um, is it Antipodine or Antipodean? No, it just says Antipodine. D-E-A-N on the end. Yeah, but... Uh, that, that it was could be Antipodean, I suppose, if that's how it's... For all our, uh, for I sort of, our I imagine Latin that to experts. Be a, yeah, I imagine that to be a longer word for some reason. I don't know why. Right. I, I actually vaguely recognise the, the word. Yeah. I just can't place where I know it from. No. Ooh, wow, this smells great. It like in the pour, I got wafts of um that light um pilsnery sort of um slight very slight nut, but mostly that I don't know what the main taste of a pilsner is, but it just wafted up with with a stronger sweetness than I was expecting. Cool, nice. Yeah, this um 
this harbour, as I said, is an, an IPA harbour. is a brewery from uh, northern Cornwall. Um, it's 5.5%, but all of my beers this week are, uh, well, two of them are IPAs, and one of them is an American pale ale. Um, uh, yes, the, the American pale ale um, suggests that it is full of flavours, and the other IPA I have is a slightly higher percentage, so I thought I'd start off with this one. Uh, I've just taken a look. I didn't actually pick these beers of the few I have uh, at home based on like a, a coherent uh, alcohol percentage. Mm. So I'm going to be drinking 7%, 6%, 6.7%, half-liter, a regular bottle, and a 650 ml. So I may get a little rambly near the end. Yeah, well, that's uh, fine. I'm that's fine. pre-apologizing. Hey, it's... People listen to us enough now, they know that we go off on tangents and ramble a hell of a lot. Um, so, you, you said your beer was quite sweet. Have you had any yet? Oh, I haven't had any, no. Um, it's also <laughs> uh, sort of a an ambery, like a light amber color. Yep. Very, I, I don't know if you can see how bubbly it is. You can see the bubbles constantly Very flowing. Yeah, yeah. Mine's um, mine's similar, a little lighter in colour, not quite as amber. Still quite uh, carbonated though. So that sort of initial hit of that that Pilsner note, because again, I can't quite place what it is, is there much more um, sedate in the taste? It yeah. ends with a, a a nice hoppy bitter taste that just um, is strong, then quickly dips down to very like. Oh yeah, a kind of dry in the mouth, but not really in that last mm. about say ten, fifteen seconds. Um the sweetness is still there. Nice. Um and it lasts all the way to that sort of bittery taste and then it, it falls short. It's a quite tasty beer. The nice. es- the, nice. the bubbles definitely help it sort of bring out those more subtle flavors in your mouth. Um mm. I would say Usually, I, I I'm a pilsner on the patio kind of guy. I'd say it's a little heavy, okay, for like a sweltering day. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I, w- I would li- I would drink it outdoors, but it's not that sort of quintessential, mm. refreshing, not, crisp not refreshing, patio yeah. beer. Yep. Yeah. Nice. Um, this uh, Antipodean. That's what I'm going to call it now. I'm going to say Antipodean. Um, it, it's nice. It's quite bitter. A, a little nutty. But really, really dry. Sort of, it, it dries out your mouth almost instantly. Oh wow! Um, and that's just taking a few small sips. Um, but it's it sort of leaves uh, a very nutty sort of bitterness behind with that that dryness. Um, but so far, very nice. Excellent. So we shall begin with a game, as we do all the time. Um, I think I'll go first this week, as I normally allow you to. Uh, ah. To the take antipodes. The first game. Sorry, I had to look it up. The antipodes are the um, are points on the Earth, the antipodal points on a sphere. That's where okay. it comes from. And the antipodeans are a group of Australian modern artists, apparently, oh. uh, who asserted the importance of figurative art and protest against abstract expressionism. Protest against abstract abstract expressionism. They staged a, staged a single exhibition in Melbourne during August 1959. Hey, they're artists, they do what they like. Uh, that's amazing. Um, but antipodean generally mean, just means diametrically opposed, i.e. on, a, on opposite uh, sides of a sphere. Okay. In common parlance, it's usually talking about the Earth. Right. I'm not sure how that fits in with this beer. 
Um, can I see the label again? You certainly can. I may discover more as I drink. Um, yeah, it doesn't have any weird art that would suggest... Maybe the hops are from Antipodean points? Uh, possibly. Uh, the, the can doesn't give me a huge amount of information. Doesn't doesn't tell me um, what's actually in the beer, unfortunately. Um, and design-wise, the harbour cans are all very similar. They just change that um, bottom band of colour. Right. Dependent on what um, beer. I think they do bottles as well, but I can't think what they look like. Um, so yes, a game, a game. Right, that that thing that we do. Um, the things that we do, discuss. Doing that thing. No. Uh, the division. <laughs> I went back to the division. Yeah. Uh, um, and by that I mean I played a little more than I have. Sort of been a bit more off than on lately. Uh, I'm packing house. So. Yep. That means less game playing and more movie watching. Mm -hmm. I can put things on eBay and rip CDs. I'm air quoting and realizing that it's not a video podcast. Um, While, while, you know, this is just something on in the background, i.e. the foreground. And Oh, yeah, right. I'm supposed to be doing a thing. Mm. Um, So The Division, uh, I'm now level 28. Okay. Uh, I still haven't finished the story. Um, um, I think... I think I've got... I'm just mopping up the second-to-last neighborhood. Yeah. Nice. So I've unlocked all... I have unlocked all of the things except for the... Uh, the one in each of the sort of... In the medical, technical um, okay. security wing. So I've got all the things but one in each. Have you been doing the side quests and encounters I've done, in each? I, oh, <laughs> this is probably why I'm level 28 and, and still not done. I don't leave a zone until I've done everything and picked up everything. Because remember that that a few episodes ago we talked about com- completionism. Yeah, yeah. We, we have bitched about collectibles, but these ones are interesting, and um, I really like the snippets, especially the phone calls, because a lot yeah. of them are just legitimately random phone calls, mm-hmm. uh, and like some of them vaguely touch on something going wrong in the city. Yeah, but I'm... like they're not that explicit. And I really like that it's like referring to mid-apocalypse or mid-event uh, moments. Yeah. But like obliquely, like the, it really feels like the day-to-day. Mm, mm, definitely. I'm not so keen on the, um, although they center around or, or try and show an event, the the drone photos that you oh, pick I, up. I think I, there's only maybe one in each zone, isn't there? I do not like them. I, I barely, I, that's the one thing I get but don't really immediately review. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, that and I, I find the missing agent um, ones annoying. The yeah. story about them isn't bad, but like, first of all, the technology doesn't make sense. There's a piece of evidence, and then it tells you to go forward, and you just go forward until you magically know now it's time to get another arrow. Like, it just, it feels really forced and padding-like. Yeah, completely. Um, so I usually just roll my eyes and do it. Yeah, I th- I'm not sure whether they're put in to make you discover additional spaces, places that you possibly wouldn't go by just exploring, because normally it will take you into um, like a multi-story car park or a, a subway park. station or something like that, or down a few different back alleys and things. Or um, a car park. I feel, yeah. feel like, like half of them are in car parks. Yeah, yeah, completely. Um, sometimes they lead you to encounters. Um, that's true, although but, I think that's probably one of the problems I have is that... Um, I 
haven't I've been kind of because I keep hopping on and off, I'm not mm. really fluidly going through an area. So it's yeah. possible that some of these so I don't really I don't go out of my way to get an unlockable if I'm headed towards a mission because I know I'll miss some and might as well just like I do I try and do a circuit through yeah, all yeah, of yeah. the missions and then a circuit through all of the stuff. You, and you it go might through be the, the logical case, process of, of working through the area. Yeah, but it might be the case that because I do it this way but and I'm not actually I'm, I keep pegging back to home base and stuff because I like logging out at a home base in case I decide I don't want to be in this place or whatever. Yeah. Um, it might be the case that, that what you said is exactly true. These sort of, these walk you around things like end in some sort of thing that might might make, you know, they might uh, be paired well together. Mm-hmm. But I don't think so just given the text of the things. But that's a good point. I never thought of that. Yeah, a lot of um, the division almost makes you. It, it's almost sort of scripted chance encounters, isn't it? You go down an alleyway, and suddenly you think, "Oh shit, there's there's three guys down here," and and uh, yeah, and you get into it with them when actually they're always there, and they will always spawn there. So everybody that goes down that um, that alleyway will encounter them. Um, yeah, it's I know like- there's little patrols around different areas, and they have pathing sort of through alleys and along the streets and stuff. But, but generally, it's, a it's very not static quite... World. Yes, yeah, it's not quite as random as um, you're sort of led to believe, really, yeah, like, or as like it a, may appear. A more uh, modern MMO, you have sort of spawn areas. Yes. I was going to say zones, yeah. but usually you call that map segments. So, mm-hmm. um, And I feel like, so that you can't just wait at the spawn point uh, as you used to, and I feel like they really missed a, that evolution in this type of game uh, in in the division, um, especially because it's such a beautiful world. It feels so dynamic, and then yeah. you're right. Like especially if you die a couple times. Like there's been um, this one boss when I was uh, lower level. He was like 24. Although he was just a named character in the same spot all of the time. He didn't mm-hmm. seem to be. A, I had finished the zone. Yeah. I never encountered him. I liked that that they put. They have sprinkled named characters outside of sort of iconed events. Yep. But he kept owning me. Um, and But I kept coming back and, and just the route from my spawn point and the the dude, my death spot, which I died like three or four times. It was a really yeah, yeah. not the best time for me. Um, I mean, I don't care about dying. I just wasn't playing very well. I also was a few drinks in. Wow. Um, but I just kept walking through the same sort of, oh, and there's the three guys behind the car. Yeah. Yeah, I've had um, a, a similar experience. Um, one of the later zones, when you suddenly encounter the um, like the PMC and the, the military company that just randomly are hanging about in a couple of the zones, um, there was a named character, and he was surrounded by about 12 guys. And I worked my way up the street, picking off these guys, taking them down, and and this named character was sort of more towards the back, but still getting some decent shots on me. And and his shots were, you know, really damaging yeah. and, and taking me down by about half of my my health each um, sort of like um, the, the burst fight that yeah that he that he would get off. Um, and actually, I found it was a much more difficult encounter once I'd taken out all of the other NPCs around, and it was just him on his own because I'm trying to move up on him and get in a better position and trying to use grenades and turrets and things to get around him. And actually he's probably a little bit too high for me to be 
um, to be attempting and having the the other guys around him, perhaps the way the I don't know, perhaps the way the game works, he sort of sat at the back a little bit more, didn't quite fire as much as maybe he would have done or as maybe yeah, he did but... whilst he was on his own. Um, but again, yeah, I hit him two or three times and died each of these times because it was on a path from one um, safe house to another. Right. Um, and to get to the safe house to unlock it, I had to go through him. Um, and in the end, I, I've never killed him. I haven't killed him since. I just took the next street down and made a slightly longer route to, to go around him. Yeah. Um, but the couple of times I did sort of bounce and, and go back to him, the other um, enemies weren't there. So it suddenly just turned straight into the encounter with him. Yeah, um, I did notice that too. So I don't, I, I know that happens in actual encounters, but I, I had waited a day and went back and then his mates had, had actually respawned. So I don't yeah. know how they're sort of tracking that, but it does seem like there's a, a large amount of time where you um where you don't have to ki- do all, do all the sort of fringe crap to get to yeah. a named enemy. Yeah. yeah, I'm not sure sort of whether different encounters different um enemies have different respawn times. I would think that the named characters probably take a little bit longer to respawn as such, but I've, you know, just been running down the streets taking in the city. Um and I know that I'd come up the, the that street you know, half an hour previously and, and taken out the patrol and they weren't there yet coming right. back down it again, sort of 10 minutes later or 15 minutes later, um, they were there or another patrol had, had swept through to cross over with possibly the other ones, um, pathing. Um, but yeah, suddenly there were a, a bunch of guys there again. And, and that was, I would think sort of an hour or within an hour, just within an hour sort of thing for some right. of those guys. So, so yeah, um, makes it, I suppose that as well doesn't, sort of does make it feel dynamic, but doesn't quite make it feel dynamic. You know that you can roughly go to this area in another hour's time, and they, they're they going to be around this area. Um, um, uh, yeah, it, it's sort of like um, immediate immersion, but like, like when you're playing, it helps immersion because they're not there, but in the back of your head, you, you it's like your subconscious is getting, uh, is is less immersed and your conscious yeah. is still immersed, and it's just... I, I understand the, the problems with that, especially because, you know, there's other people who might want to kill these things, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, but yeah, um, I haven't gone back to the Dark Zone in a long time, because once I hit the sort of... Once I broke 20, basically, I was like, well, I might as well just power through to get to the the Dark Zone of 30-plus or whatever. Yeah, yeah, just get up to, to max level and then go in. Uh, I th- did I talk about how I played with my my mate from Australia on the podcast? Uh, only briefly, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, again, it was. It's. I think that's what sort of made me re- remember. But again, also, it's made me want to push towards thirty. So I think that's why it took me a little while to go back to the game. Mm. Um, it's it's good, mindless fun. Um, I'm I'm really curious about the dark zone. Uh, be- just because once I run out of plot, yeah, I'm a little worried about its longevity. Yeah, that's that's something that I thought I wouldn't worry about too much. Um, I played lots of MMOs mm. and always had sort of fun end game. And although I've not quite got there with the division, and I've not played any of the end game content, I know they're putting in additional content like these incursions that they're they're starting to bring in. Um, but 
yeah, I, I from from what sort of people have said, I'm not sure it's really going to hold me uh, a huge amount. I've not played the game at all for several weeks now. Um, Fair enough. So yeah, I mean, it might be that I jump back on it when I have you know a bit of extended free time. Mm. I know I can have a few nights when I've got um, when I've got time to be able to go on and and power through. Um, I definitely felt like when I gave it like over an hour, the next couple of days, I, it was in my head. Yeah. Um, which not all games do that to me. Mm-hmm. So that that was it's definitely a game that you sort of you have to mount the treadmill and take a few paces before you want to hit you know continue yeah, on it. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, excellent. How about yourself? I've Back been on. playing Tropico Five. Oh, I have that on the which... um, personal computer. Oh, do you? I've I have been all of the, the Tropicos because of a bundle. Uh, yeah, I've been playing it on the PlayStation Four. Mm. Um, because it is this month's uh, free PlayStation Plus game. Um, I had played it previously on a Steam free weekend, um, and I didn't have a huge amount of time to put into it, so didn't really get into the uh, the minutiae of the game. Basically, it's a city builder, but um, with a little bit of a twist. I always say it's not, it's not quite a city builder. It's a bit like a... Well, it's a third world capital city builder. Like you've got a little more than the average city builder does because it's a little bit like closer to civilization. Yes. In that yeah. respect. That's yep. but you're right, it is a city that you're building. Yeah. Yeah. But it's more um, of like building up a civil a, a, a country with its exports and imports and whatnot. Right? Yeah, so you get a lot more um depth than uh, than a standard city builder. Um and you play as a dynasty of uh, characters who um, who basically run the island and run the city um, that the island is on. And you can make lots of different decisions about how you want to treat the people who work and live in your city. Um, You start off as a colony and you have to sort of start exporting goods back to, you know, the motherland um, and your, your mandate is extended, um, and suddenly you can start to talk with different factions uh, that pop up in your city. So one of the first ones is the Revolution Rees, and you can cl- uh, proclaim independence mm-hmm. from... Um, your colonial powers. Yeah, from your colonial powers. Um, and that's sort of you know the, the first stepping stone in the game. Um, and that will then take you onto a new age and unlock new buildings and technologies and, and things like this. Um, uh, one of the... the I think the aesthetic of the game is really good because it's set in a sort of a tropical paradise almost. Um, and it's meant to be a very Caribbean setting. Um, you have some excellent music going on in the background. Everyone's accents are slightly dodgy. Um, and they're all talking in English, but they're um, talking... I think you just were racist. What, that their accents are dodgy? Yeah. Well, they, um, yeah, the voice acting isn't... Uh, yeah, well, I'm one of the, the... The British gentlemen... Has a very British oh, accent, mm. um, or a quite comical British accent, really. Um, but it's a really um, fun and very in-depth game. I've sort of spent quite a few hours actually playing it. And what differentiates this a little bit more from the other city game, the city building games that I've been playing, um, something like City Skylines, is that, is that Tropico has um, a story campaign. 
and mm. has missions to actually be able to run through, um, which is really nice because you can jump into a a slightly um, advanced city. You get a few small buildings that have already been populated, a couple of houses, maybe a farm or a plantation. It basically gets you to the the bare essentials for most of these. I haven't played five. Yeah. I've played some of the other ones, though. Okay. So, um, right, like get you don't have to wait a million, like you don't have to work thirty minutes to get a granary. No, completely. Yeah, yeah. Wait. Um, and uh, I think the. the I've, I've really enjoyed sort of this story element and the mission element to the game because it actually gives you a goal. So you're trying to achieve something within, you know, a small gaming session. Um, I have played a game on the sandbox mode. Um, and that's fun as well because you still get small goals within the game. Mm. So you, you still have things which will say, you know, if you export 10,000 pineapples or, or, you know, in later stages, if you export 100,000 cigars or, or some other kind of good, that will then either give you some money, it will give you more citizens that will come to your um, city, or, or give you a, a bonus from one of the factions that are, are knocking around. Um, and I really, I really like that you can be an absolute dick as yes, well. Um, in terms of dictator... Yeah, putting the um, dick you, in dictator. You know. Yeah, you can you can just rinse the population for everything they have. Any monetary bonuses you get from these missions, you can put into your own private account. Mm-hmm. Um, you can make sure that you can try and rig elections. Um, there's different upgrades to um, buildings and technologies which help you to keep a more firm grasp on the um, on the citizens. And you've got the fun of small rebel uprisings and having to try and balance your military against your yeah. economy to make sure that you keep a firm iron grip on your island and your population without actually being taken over. Um, I think some uh, some of the comments I saw when this was released um, and when it was announced as the, the PlayStation Plus game, that people weren't very impressed. Um, people haven't been impressed with PlayStation Plus for a little while. Yeah, it feels... Um... A little bit like a dumping ground lately. Yeah. Um, yeah. Although this this week's this week's this month's um, Xbox games with gold aren't much better. No, I've heard they're not meant to be very good. This. Um, um, this it's month. it's uh, Dirt Two. Okay. Uh, I think uh, I'm loading the thing. Um, what's the other? What's the <laughs> we'll other? Find out in a moment. Yeah. What's the other PS Plus? Um, the name eludes me. Oh, ta- Tabletop Racing World Tour. Oh, I didn't um, know that. Which I've dabbled in a small amount. Um, but I'll talk about that a little bit later. Because only, I've only played that a very small amount. Um, so you did play it on PC. I think it's, we'd be remiss if you didn't at least say whether there was any notable... I know you didn't spend much time with it. but No, and it was also probably about six months ago. So... Not any, uh, you know, I didn't play it long enough for any lasting um, impressions to be made, really, from um, from the PC version. I couldn't tell you whether graphically it was any better. Um, uh, I'm an idiot, uh, by the way. Uh, I said dirt. I meant grid. Grid 2. Oh, grid. Okay. <laughs> Makes a lot more sense, hey? Yeah. yeah. Um, so, what's interesting is it's... Um, the Xbox One game for the first half of the, for the month is Defense Grid 2. Right. 
Uh, and uh, the Xbox 360 for the first half of the month is Grid 2. It's like they're just going through <laughs> a list of games. Uh, the second half of the month, Xbox 360 will be Peggle. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then on the Xbox One, Costume Quest 2, uh, probably the exact indie game that doesn't need ne- the current slash next-gen treatment. No, uh, Double Fine game, isn't it? Yeah, I have not played two because I haven't finished one. Cause it's, no, I didn't it's, finish it's one. It's all right. It's clearly designed... It's actually a game designed for kids, and I like the RPG and the elements and the fact that you change your costumes on Halloween to get different powers in the encounters. Um, but, uh, yeah, it just didn't, didn't grip me. And I've played some children's games before, and be like, mm. eh, this is fun. I don't care that this is beneath my gameplay and intellectual level. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, just to finish on Tropico. Yeah. It's enjoyable. If you are looking for a city builder, or uh, not a city builder, uh, a, a civilization management city. game. Sort of RT4XS. Mm, yeah. RT, um, RT City Builder. RTCB. Yeah. But it's, it's something that, you know, takes the piss out of itself. Takes the piss oh, out yeah, that's of the setting. one thing we forgot to mention is that it's funny. Yeah, it is funny. The, the flavor text and the and the voice acting is quite funny, um, and it does it does poke fun at itself. It pokes fun at the situation about the idea of being a colony and then trying to establish your own sort of city and taking over and stuff. So, and imagine it, it, manages to like just live in the tropes of like uh, banana republics. Yeah, yeah. Oh. And take the piss out of the idea that these are tropes. It, it actually, mm-hmm. at least, again, I haven't played five, but the other ones have done it r- well enough that I, I feel like um, they probably did it fine with five. Yeah. The one thing I'm curious about is that there is a multiplayer aspect, and I don't really know um, how that will come about. No, I've not, I've not delved into that. Because the main game doesn't really, you don't, like, it's not a 4X game where you see the people you're playing with. Mm-hmm. Like the the AI opponents or whatever. Um, yeah, so yeah. I am curious how that will work, and given that it's PS Plus, and I am also a PS Plus member, perhaps we will take a stab at that. You may do if we get some time when we're both free. Definitely. Um, <laughs> yes, yeah, so no. I so know we won't. <laughs> yeah, I'm opening my second beer. I've opened my second beer. I'm pouring it currently. Uh, my second beer is a Samuel Adams Rebel IPA. Oh, Sam Adams, Adams is an American brewery, isn't it? Boston esque. Yeah. yeah. Um, I actually think they might have referenced it on um, Family Guy. Yeah, they probably. Yeah, um, the Pathetic Patriot, isn't it? And oh, yeah, it's clearly a Sam Adams knockoff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, because Rhode Island is close to Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. The, as a North American, I I know these things. I I do not know state locations at all. <laughs> Um, this is a, a beer very similar in colour to oh, the. Wow. Yeah. Um, it's a little more orange, perhaps. Possibly. They're not both. A, yeah, a little more orange. They're both more cloudy, though. Yep. Um, not um, not a huge amount. Um, sorry, I think they weren't clear. The, yeah, yeah. They're um, cheap frosted glass in a two-star hotel. Yes, yes, definitely. Um, you don't get a huge amount off the nose on this at all. Um, it's got, uh, well, Rebel IPA, and with it being sort of um, a little higher percentage, it's sort of, it's got hops on the bottle as well, or an image of hops on the bottle. Oh, yeah. Um, so it sort of would suggest 
It's going to be a big flavour. Um, yeah. The nose suggests otherwise. Um, it's it's very carbonated again, very frothy. Let me but make sure I don't get any so of this on my beard. Because it's a um, uh, a little cloudier and we're dealing with Skype here, um, it seems like it's it developed a good head, but it didn't seem like you could see a lot of bubbles going on. Like, like no, this is the no, Imperial Pilsner? No, completely. Um, it, it doesn't appear to be hugely carbonated. It's probably more the pour um, which gave it its uh, its head. Um, Flavour, taste-wise, mm-hmm. that's quite bitter. And that's quite a lingering bitterness as well. Um, is that a standard sort of hoppy bitterness? or? It is. It is. It's It's got something there which I can't quite put my finger on and it whatever it is the flavor that you sort of get as soon as you take a sip disappears really quickly hmm. Hmm. i'm not sure what that is well well while well you contemplate mole? your palate uh mole yeah um i just poured the um ladies and gentlemen gypsy tears ruby ale it's from 49th parallel brewing um most of Canada and most of the Canada U.S. border is on the 49th parallel latitude. Okay. So uh, they are based in a place in Canada. <laughs> I thought I knew. Oh, they're yeah, they're they're actually um, a brewery in Vancouver. That's right. I picked these guys up okay. because I'm at some point moving to Vancouver. So I thought I would I, in New Brunswick. I found this on sale Vancouver. Um, um, brewery beer. It's uh, the label's got this lovely gypsy lady. I would, yeah, yeah. Giant hoop earrings. I can't tell if she. Although the more I look at her body, the less I'm convinced I know how she is. Like it, her head. I, I might post a picture on this because her head looks like she's looking over her shoulders. Yes. But if you don't look at her head and you look down. I, it, it must be the case that she's looking forward because those look like that looks like cleavage and and two round breasts. Yeah, that's an that's an odd it's angle. An awkwardly, awkwardly drawn picture. She's that's... bent her neck in an odd way. Mm. Um. Anyway, it's a ruby red colored ale with a rich caramel malt flavor and a burst of West Coast hops, using nice. only late hop additions and dry hopping. Only late hop additions and dry hopping. The bitterness is restrained while the hop flavor and aroma are pronounced. Nice. IBUs of 40, best served between 5 and 8 degrees, and return for refund when applicable. Where applicable. Where applicable. Good. Mm. And, How's uh, it smell? How's it taste? Ooh, it's darker. Dark. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a red beer, but it's quite a dark yeah. red beer. Mm. Um, still quite bubbly. I mean, nothing like the Pilsner, but it's still very much a sort of North American keggy bubbles. Yeah. It smells sort of a slight malty and sweet. Malty and sweet. I'm actually surprised, given that they say that they only did late hops and dry hops, that I'm not getting a lot of. I'm not getting that hop, the hit of hops um, on my on nose. The nose. Yeah, yeah. You'd, you'd oh, expect that to be. There's a slight hoppiness on second and third smell, but okay. still, I'm really surprised. I do smell that sort of caramelly maltiness. Mm. Oh. Oh, that is Ooh. super interesting. the The first hit is like a this is an IPA smack of hops, but it disappears. Like, oh wow! It does not last mo- even a second. I would say 
Yeah. Um, I suppose that's that must be the 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 late, the late addition and yeah. the dry hopping. It gives it more in the aroma than it um, than it but does actually within the flavor. And you get that. But it wasn't much in the aroma. Mm. I'm guessing mm. it's mostly this light hop. Yeah. Um, we need Alex. We need Alex back to explain. I really like the. Hmm. Oh, okay. That's what it is. I'm trying to figure out. So it's it dries out really quickly. Yeah. And that sweetness sort of sits throughout, but it's very light, so you don't really notice it. Mouth still feels a little dry from my last sip, mm-hmm. but it's almost a combination of the like the hoppy, bitter, quick, disappearing, very, very my tiny bit of sweetness lingering. Reminds me of aspartame. <laughs> um, I mean, it doesn't taste like it's a diet cola or anything, but yeah. I have this aspartame feel. Yeah, yeah. Because my mouth feels kind of weird. Okay. And it feels like a fake sweetness. You're almost like a um, like a coating, like a fuzz kind of... Yes, I wouldn't go as far as fuzz, but yeah, it, I, my mouth definitely feels mildly assaulted. Yes. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Um... um it uh, tastes really good well, at the four. I'm not really a big fan of, of after. Of the after. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, you were going to talk about a second game, but I think what we'll do whilst we drink these beers first is we've had some more feedback. Oh. Oh. We got some feedback from Callum. Name Didn't would help. say his surname. Um, and he'd, he'd messaged us previously. We'd, I chatted to Callum a little bit um, a long time ago. But he's got in touch with us through Twitter. I believe um, you mean a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Well, yes. He um, basically gave us his rundown of a Star Wars game um, that like, he would like to see as we'd um, shouted out in the previous episode. Um, when we I heard about as we. Star Wars games. As we. Did, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> like, um, however, first, one of the original questions that Callum asked um, was um, have we tried any beers or ales from the Scottish borders um, he mentions that he knows that, that, that Alex and I had a Tempest brewing um, a few weeks ago um, and I've had a couple more of their beers um, on occasion but they're the only Scottish borders um, beers that I can hmm. think of having that, or, that I have had I, 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 would, I would have to look into it yeah. Probably not. Um, if Alex was here, he could tell me because obviously from well, my life in Canada, definitely not. But my life in Bristol, possibly. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I couldn't say yes. Um, I will say, Callum, um, do you have a recommendation for a specific Scottish Borders beer we should uh, pursue? He does. He does. <laughs> he, he, he does. Um uh, firstly, he does say about Tempest Ale, um, and the name of uh, one of the beers he likes from them is Unforgiven Red Rye. Um, and we do like our red ryes on Tank Tap. So that will definitely be one we and need we to are look big, for. Um, mid-career Clint Eastwood fans. <laughs> Some, more late no. career is a... Sorry? I said more late career. I'm Not a bit more of a Clint Eastwood really late, though. Fan. Yes. Yeah, very late. Yeah, very right late is bad. Late was good when he like his initial few directorial um, turns, and while he was acting during that time. Now he's insane and talks to chairs in front of people. 
That's the bit I like. <laughs> oh, so anyway. you like his Antipodian turn? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. We're, we're completely topical on this podcast all the time. Tropical. Um, tropical. Callum's, Callum's uh, uh, other examples or other um, Scottish Borders breweries that he puts forward are um, Game Bird and Foxy Blonde. But I've not heard of either of those nor had either of those. You've never had a Foxy Blonde? Thoroughly recommended. Not in terms of beer. Um, so, Callum's idea for a Star Wars game. He said that he's been playing a lot of Dark Souls 3 um, and that it's been absolutely destroying him. Um, but okay. he puts forward the idea of a Souls-style Star Wars game that you're walking around an open-world area and you can either decide to be um, dark or light side. Um, but dependent on um, on your choices, you can go around and have large, epic battles with Jedi Masters and so. Sith Lords. Hmm. Um, that they would be very large sort of boss encounters, um, these epic battles between yourself. I kind of like the idea of Dark Force versus Dark mm-hmm. Forces, yeah. where it's a Dark Souls game where you're you're specifically, and I don't care if you're, you're the dark force going one way or you're against like you're the dark force pushing against light or you're like all light person fighting a big contingent of dark force. But I actually kind of like the idea of a, uh, of a more sort of focused game where you don't get to Mm. pick your sides. So, so like I think one of the things that I really liked about the force unleashed was you were very clearly a dark force person. You didn't have yeah. some of the bullshit choices that like Swator did. Um, mm-hmm. This is your character. We know the universe. Having said that, I'm perfectly okay with it being a light side person, but I'd like the idea of steering away from this artificial balance thing. Cause in the end, if you're, if you're playing a dark side character, you should be all dark side. Cause that's the best the dark side can be. If you're playing a light side character, that you should be all light side because that's the best the light side can be. Um, so it kind of feels artificial. It feels like why don't you just make two games to me? Mm-hmm. And obviously, you have to develop. Oh God, I'm talking about the minutia of developing now. Uh, both characters, <laughs> but I actually like the, I, I like the idea of Dark Forest. Uh, like, let's fight the dark side, but like let's fight the dark side on their ground. We never fight the dark side when they're the huge guys. They're always yeah. on the up, and by that I mean not the Empire, right? I'm talking about the dark side. I want to be yeah, like yeah. all light warrior and my three companions, us warriors <laughs> of light, um, going against like an army of like the universe is currently Sith controlled. That'd be really cool. Fuck that light side mm-hmm. shit. No, I I think we should fight the dark side when they're fully in power with a broad amount of force powered individuals. I think that'd be really cool. Having said that, what else yeah. did Callum say? Um, he, he well, he went on to develop it, um, the, the game a little bit more, and said um, you can develop your character uh, down various sort of um, saber routes. So you'd have different weapons. So sort of the RPG elements mm. that uh, that Dark Souls brings in, and having different abilities for for weapons. Um, also, chatting about um, specking the idea of firearms as well. Um, mm. So you could have you could be a, a dual saber wielder with a sniper rifle or a shotgun. Hmm. Hmm. Isn't the, oh maybe this is just in the extended universe? I swear, 
Um, there was someone, some Jedi somewhere said something about how guns are beneath Jedis or whatever, like non elegant weapons, blah blah. Maybe it sounds in like which something case, a pompous Jedi master yeah, would say. In which case, we definitely should have guns in this game. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Right. Thank you very much, Callum, um, for your feedback. Callum, I'm going to ask you a question, which is, what developer would you like to make your game? Ooh, nice. We'll leave that with him. It's to totally Activision. To <laughs> right. Um. What's your uh, what's the second game you've been playing? Let's move um, on. I finally got around to starting. This is the most topical. Dragon Age Origins. <laughs> okay. Uh, I've got a couple friends who are obsessed with Inquisition. And yeah. You know, get they're on their like third or fourth playthrough. Wow, and that's I was a like, big game as well. Yeah, and I was like, I don't own Inquisition, but I also have owned Dragon Age. Origins and Dragon Age Two mm. on on Origin and Steam, Steam and Origin. If you want to line them up, um, for quite some time, I just never got around to it. And part of that is because I know there are these epically large games, mm-hmm. and it's it's the same, it's that thing where you don't watch movies um, because you can't spare the time, but you'll watch an entire season of a show. That 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 sort of feeling of I shouldn't commit to this much time, even though yeah. you will end up committing much more. Like it'd be much better for me if I just watched a movie a day. Yeah. Um, that coupled with so so that's why I've avoided them. Um, but uh, I I actually the month of May I saw my first Game of Thrones episode. Um, also, I'm fully caught up with Game of Thrones. Nice. Um, but that made me sort of pine for. Uh, a, a sort of prototypical fantasy game. Yep. Okay. Um, I rolled a. Oh shit! What are they? Not what? They're not rogues. They're or hunters. It's one below that. A dexterity Thief. character. Yeah. Um, a ranged dexterity character. Um, well, so that's like later. Like you, like there's warriors, mages, and other. Blair. Where other it t- turns into assassin or ranger or hunter, okay, okay, etc. And I, maybe rain. I can't remember what the actual class is. Uh, and I played the first little bit, and uh, I got some plot. Like I played the first story arc. I would say very like like minimal fighting, like that introductory story arc. And then you get introduced to the guy who the basically the warden who knows all of the things. And mm-hmm. that's when I stopped. And then when I came back. Um, I don't remember what happened. There was a save game problem, and I fixed it, but then I was like, fuck it, and deleted the save game anyways. And I rolled a mage, and yeah. the lore in the mage opening area, despite the fact that I haven't fought anything I'm that early in the game, I enjoyed it much, much more. Um, so I am super curious. I might end up rolling another melee character later on in the, my life, because I am curious about, like, you, your starting areas are very different. Yeah, and I don't know enough about these games to see how much of that, um, how much that matters in the late later game. I know, yeah. in, okay. I know in MMOs it's my biggest annoyance. Uh, actually, Star Wars: The Old Republic was great because you know you have two starting planets per side, and you mm-hmm. s- you sort of have your own area as a class, 
and then you join up with with the other class that's on your planet and have similar missions and some are your story ones so they're unique and then you all go to this third planet or the, the a second planet but the problem for me was i was interested in doing the plot cuz i thought it was well written yeah but as soon as i finished my planet like i was okay with redoing communal missions mm-hmm, on that mm-hmm. first planet because it was paired with unique ones but when i went to the second planet the vast majority of it was repeating what I've done on another character, and I just yeah, couldn't take it. Yeah, Which was really sad, because these single story, like the, the actual storylines were very well done and super interesting. I even enjoyed being a um, a trooper on the Rebel side. Yeah, I like um, the trooper I thought class that, in them. I, I thought the story was really well done on the first yeah. planet, and then I've never gone past a couple of missions on the second planet. Mm. Anyway, so um, there's so Dragon Age. I will report back later about it, but I, I it actually has held up. It's not graphically terrible, mm. um, although I feel like anything made 2005 and later, if you complain about the graphic, and it's especially a AAA title, like if you complain about the graphics, then you game wrong. Yeah, yeah. Like it, I've just seen you talking about this epic fantasy. Um, setting um, mm. and storyline. Um, the um, the last or the second expansion pack, Blood and Wine, for The Witcher Three, has just been announced as coming out at the end of the month. Yeah, um, proper DLC. And I am. I, I've watched uh, a couple Direct. of videos with people talking over the top and a little bit of the the, the footage that they've captured or that they've been provided with, and it, it, you know, looks great. I, I love The Witcher 3. It was my favourite game last year. I cannot wait to jump back into that. And, and like you, because Game of Thrones has just started back up, I'm sort of also getting towards that point where I'm thinking, right, I really need another fantasy game. I need to hit things with swords and see dragons in the back, background. Yeah. Um, you, are you fully caught up? Uh, yes, I am fully you caught up with Game of Thrones. the weekend's episode? I did, yes. We should say no more. Mm-hmm. Why shouldn't we? Um, this seems like a, a good place to point out that if you want to listen to um, more Game of Thrones talk, the Out of Lives Network actually have a uh, podcast called Out of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Yep. Possibly. Out of um, Thrones. Which they're doing an episode every episode um, in which they discuss what's going on with the characters. Um, they don't just talk about the the series itself. They also talk about the relationship with the yeah, books. They have a book expert. Um, I actually recommend listening to their first episode. I think they called it episode zero because it was um, a recap of like the series up, up yep. till series uh, end of season five. Obviously, it mostly talked about season five, but you got a good flavor for what's going on. And if you haven't caught up, it's a good primer for... Um, it's a good primer for what you are, um, uh, what's going on now. Uh, yeah, I think yeah, they've absolutely. got good insight. I don't always agree with their predictions, but uh, it's very entertaining. And um, I think actually that's why I listen. I I listened to the beginning of their catch up episode, and that's one of the reasons why I decided to watch the show. I was like, okay, this seems like like just their their exuberance. Mm, like, mm. Right, no exuberance is the wrong word because they're not like hyperactive about it. Their passion for it clearly comes through, um, and and it sort of reflected that this is a thing 
that I've known is good from a bunch of places, but now I'm kind of very curious what these people have to say, but I can't just listen to what they have to say without, you know, knowing. Spoiling all of it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Out of Thrones. Good. Um, it was an excellent, an excellent segue there. Oh, yeah. Uh, we're getting better at them. We're still not good at letting segues lie. No, definitely. The better not. the segue, the more afterwards. likely we will interrupt the the fluid transition to say, "Wasn't that a good segue?" Thus well, defeating was, the point of a good segue. It was. It was. I was still a few uh, sentences away from opening my third beer. That um, Rebel IPA. Mm-hmm. Um, I know. I said that it it was very bitter at the start, and there wasn't there was a, a flavour in there which I couldn't quite get. I still can't figure out exactly what that flavor is but the more um i drank the the nicer the beer was the the more i enjoyed it um this is totally going to appear this is why uh my parents are calling my iphone but because of the magic of apple devices it started ringing on the laptop right um so that ringing played through my headphones so i think it went on the podcast which is why i wanted to interrupt you uh that's fine where where did i was it whilst i was talking about the beer why don't you start talking about the beer and i i will cut it appropriately i think yeah you uh let's start with although i said it was bitter okay um although although i said it was bitter and that there was this flavor in there which i couldn't quite get which i still can't pick out um the more i've drank the more i've enjoyed it it's that that bitterness has softened a little bit um sort of through the beer it's not quite as um long lasting with the the bitterness and the flavor comes through a little bit more uh, and just softens the beer off uh, very slightly um and actually i probably having had that one and, and that flavor sort of changing very slightly throughout i'll probably have another one Hmm. Um, which is you know slightly different to yeah. So for, as an one. IPA, would you? It sounds I might be misinterpreting this, but it almost sounds like you're saying this IPA is is a light IPA. Almost, it's not got that big hoppy sort of flavour, um, which not all IPAs do. But, but it's it is not the quite... it is the like the key sort of when you say IPA, you think blast of hops. Yeah, you do, you do, and you don't quite get that from this. It's, it's not quite. I say it's got a bitter taste, and it's not quite um, more of an English traditional IPA because you don't have that sort of slightly weaker um, flavour. It's not. It's not going towards that end of IPAs, um, but it's yeah, it's not quite as intense as I thought it would be. Um, so yeah, well. But it's nice. It's nice. I'd have another one, definitely. Excellent. But I'm going um, to open the Brewdog Hop Fiction Pale Ale. Interesting. Which is an APA. Um, I will say this Ruby Ale has also grown on me a little, but again, because of the way the taste fades and leaves that weird... It's not aspartame. I just don't know what that... It has something in common with um, aspartame Yeah. in the way your mouth feels. Um it, 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 in no, like, the reason I think they're honestly the reason I haven't caught up with or stayed steady with you in drinking beer is usually a beer lingers or it fades in a way where you're like I want that taste again I will have another sip. 
I honestly don't think about drinking it seconds later. Well, you know, in the tens of seconds later. I don't have that, like, mm, oh, mm. the taste is gone. I want to replenish it. You want, Yes, yes. Right? I don't have that feeling at all. So it's more of a, oh, I should have another sip because we're talking on a beer podcast. Like, yeah, I'm, I almost that, that think that, that if the... I was in a pub, I would nurse the shit out of this beer out of pure sort of ignorance that I'm nursing it, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, the, that's something that the Rebel IPA definitely did when that, um, when that taste started to disappear. I was it almost instantly thinking, well, I'll ha- I have another sip of this. Um, much more than the Harbour Antipodean IPA, because with that, the, the finish on that was so dry, and that, and that happened so quickly that actually it wasn't, well, oh, it's gone dry, I'll have another sip. Oh, it's gone dry, I'll have another sip, because I would have drank it in a, you know, within two minutes. Within a heart bit, yeah. Um, so I said I had heart bit. Heart bit, within a heart bit. A heart bit? One of the heart bits is the atrium. There are actually multiple atriums. Atrii? Atrii. Oh, failed that horrible reference to your awkward um, misspokenness. I know English. So this brew dogs. So this brew dog. um, This American pale ale, hot fiction. It's got a very nice nice smell, very tropically. Tropical? Tropically, tropico. Mmm. Not um, um, looks, not huge in 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 the nose, you know. It's very sort of it's a nice tropical sort of flavour. It, it um, looks like it's still quite uh, basically as heady as the last one. Yeah, um, but a, a much a similar colour to the yeah, much similar colour to the to the Harbour um, mm. Antipodean IPA. Um, a little a little lighter. The Rebel IPA was slightly darker, a little more orange than than this one. It looks tasty as fuck, mm. actually. Mm. Ooh. Ooh, that's nice. You get a very hoppy flavour, but um, it, 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 it sort of moves into this sort of tropical, sweet and sour type sort of thing. Maybe... It's a Chinese beer. It's a Chinese Oh, dear. What have I said? What have I said? Um, it's okay. You didn't say chicken balls. No, they do actually tell me that no, there's it, chicken it's in an, it? an explosion of melon. Mm. <laughs> oh dear, an explosion of chicken balls. I'm not sure that there's an explosion of chicken balls so you're... or melon in this. Really. Although to be fair, it's very sort of soft. Most chickens don't really have balls because we call roosters roosters. That's very true. Ooh, Which actually, is weird. Like, do we have a name for the species? Yeah, because females are hens. So the but, species but is would chicken. But would you point to a group of hens and a rooster as those chickens? Yes. Or those chickens and that rooster? Those chickens. Okay. <laughs> I'll buy this it. This is, however, from my very small experience oh, of uh, being, being a farmhand of never... Um, anyway, this beer, the uh, I, I've had a, a much larger sip, and you do get a very sweet melon sort of flavour. Um, the the uh, hops are, we talking uh, like are there in the background, or like cantaloupe, or like other melon, watermelon. That's the one I was thinking of. I'm guessing not watermelon because it's such a unique. No, melon. not watermelon. What's the What's the melons that are slightly smaller and yellow? 
Um, oh god, I was going to say Asian tits, but that's totally racist. Oh dear. Um, just the normal, <laughs> just just melon, melon. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> right. Have you um, opened your third beer? I have. I clearly don't <laughs> need it. Um, caveat, I did date and live with um, uh, a woman of Chinese descent for um, <laughs> six years, and we often made racial jokes, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pretend that comes from there. It's, it's totally like the worst recovery. I think it makes it worse. Oh worse, dear, worse. that makes it slightly worse. Yeah, it does. I have an. Uh, Jesus, uh, it's a uh, from Bro- Boxing Rock, so Shelburne, Nova Scotia, based on the rock where people sailors apparently boxed. Yeah, uh, it is called Rumble in the Alley Round Two Smash IPA. Nice. Um, and of course, as a Canadian craft brewery, it has uh, a craft brew. It has a we- well, look at look at that head. Sorry, I literally just cracked slightly... the beer, and it is foaming out of itself. A tiny white tip. Yeah, I don't have one of those. Um, Rumble in the Alley Round Two is the second collaboration between the Boxing Rock Brewing Company and our friends at Upstreet Craft Brewing in Charleston, PEI. Oh. The second round of single malt and single hop beers features 100% dark German Munich malt and 100% Ontario-grown Santium hops. This one-time collaboration features great multi-flavors of biscuit, honey, and toasted grain, with a unique hop structure featuring a fragrant floral nose followed by a lemony flavor touch, finishing with that unmistakable Santium character, spicy and citrus notes, and floral aroma resulting from copious dry hopping. Um, nice. I will say that it's Rumble in the Alley round two, the second collaboration, blah, 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 blah. Uh, and then they say this uh, one-time collaboration. Mm. That's strange. It's very strange. Um, it is 6.7% Smash IPA. Um... Indeed, its ingredients are water, malt, yeast, hops. Uh, it doesn't say much more than 6.7%, which I uh, I always forget that Boxing Rock has really great descriptions of tasting notes, but doesn't give you sort of standard craft beer information. Yeah. So, I am pouring said beer. Um, it is very carbonated. Jesus fucking Christ. I'm a little drunk, obviously, but like... Oh, dear. But then that was coming out of the bottle as well, wasn't it? So yeah, but I, was, I should have poured... Knowing that it was already, it was giving head when stationary, I should have known not to pour quickly. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I know. I, I opened <laughs> oh, the dear. explicit door. <laughs> yes, yes. Take your, take your time pouring it, and then we'll, we'll return to... Um... To the beer and what it smells like and what it tastes like. You have a topic for us this week. I have a topic. Well. Um, so, the rumor that was mostly broken by um, a certain website called outoflives.net um, about Call of Duty Infinite Warfare and Call of Duty 4 Remaster is that we, we already knew that Call of Duty 4 Remaster at initial skew 
was only going to be given uh, only available through people who bought the special edition of Infinite Warfare. Yeah. Um, but apparently, it seems to be the case that it's not just a digital download code uh, as is the norm. It's actually going to be the case that you need the COD IW disc in the drive in order to play COD 4. Um, and this is super important because there's a lot of people very excited about the return of COD 4 uh, to new new consoles and, and also with, with add-ons that hopefully will only improve the game. Um, so there there was a large sort of segment of the population who had the sentiment of I really only want the remaster. I could give a toss about Infinite Warfare, so I'll buy it and then sell Infinite Warfare's disc because I don't care. Yeah, completely. And it's it is exactly why if this is true, it's exactly why they're doing it. Yeah, I was gonna say all the people are like, why would they do that? Well all you people expressing this opinion are reaffirming the business decision to do it this way. Yeah. Completely. It's that they would be absolutely crazy to allow people to have to be able to buy the um, collector's edition or the legacy edition or, or whatever it's being called. I think there's three different there's three different editions. editions. Uh, the edition with the edition? season pass and the edition without the season pass. Oh, see. Fuck y'all, yes. y'all. That would, that would make sense, yes. Um, anyway, yes, within these editions, you then get your code, you stick your code in, you get your Modern Warfare 4 download, which, from their description, is a completely separate game with separate progression, um, with all of the unlocks within the, the Modern Warfare 4 multiplayer. It's not maps in the infinite warfare sort of rotation you're not using By the mechanics game, of infinite, you mean warfare. Separate from infinite warfare not like a reimagining of cod 4 yes yes it's a remastering of cod 4 but it seems like what they're trying to do is not fuck with the gameplay mechanics at all yes exactly it's not it's not sort of it doesn't at least that's what appear. we seem to think yeah i mean what was my point yeah i mean it, it's it's not tied into the game, but to allow people to have that game, to get their code, download it, and then just eBay the legacy collection or whatever the the, the collection yeah. is called, and yeah, and and just you know to take it back to the shop as such and try and trade it in for something else, it makes perfect sense for them because you've got that game. You then may try the new version. You might dabble in it. You might go into it, into the uh, into the single player and stuff like that. But it just means that everyone who wants to play Modern Warfare Four will have to buy the IW special, special edition, yeah. the yeah, well, infinite, infinite Infinity Ward special infinite edition. Infinity Ward? No, that's a developer, isn't it? That is the developer of Infinite War. Oh, I forgot that. I didn't even think about how they. Oh, uh, God, that makes uh, me even more annoyed. Yeah, it's just, it's just it's, although it's an odd situation. I seem to remember that this happened with Assassin's Creed. What one was it? Revelations, 
or one of the one of the later Assassin's Creed games. Like later, because um, Revelations was, was closer to three. Was Revelations four? It goes four Unity Rogue Syndicate, and then I can't remember the exact order of the ones before those. I think Revelation Revelations was the third game in the trilogy, the trilogy? of Assassin's Creed Two. Yeah, the Ezio trilogy. Um, and I'm I one of it might not be Revelations, but one of the Assassin's Creed games came packed with um, with Assassin's Creed. With the first game, with the original. And I'm pretty sure to be able to play that, you had to have the disc in the drive. Oh, so there is precedent. Yes, to be able to play the original. It's the only one that I can think of. Um, I did have the game, and I don't think I ever used the download code to play the first. I I have actually. um, There was a sale on Syndicate and EB Games, and although I don't. I wouldn't pay a lot for that game. Uh, I realized that I liked the series, but because of my stupid, idiotic, uh, completionist nature, that I didn't quite ever finish one. But I'm like, fuck, I finally decided I don't care. I'm not even going to pretend to retry one, because I know two is great, because I've played most of yep. two. I'm just yep. going to restart on two. Yeah, yeah. Um, and be happy, and then I, I, I'm trying to grow as a person. <laughs> and um, admit defeat's the wrong term. Accept mediocrity or less is the right term. And actually just be like, you know what? I will play another game, the next game in the series, and I'm sure I can figure out the bits of plot I've missed without having pl- explicitly played through. But if I'm bored, but I'm still interested, like if I'm bored in the game, but still interested in the series, I shouldn't let that boredom with the game stopped me from playing the rest. And I might get oh, bored through all yeah, of them. Yeah. But this is the problem with being, this is sort of this nagging completionist nature that I wish I didn't have. Right? It's it's that Yeah, yeah. I want to finish one, not, not, not in its 100% achievement, but like 100% plot. All I care about is 100% plot. Yeah, and by 100% fair. plot, I mean main storyline. I just realized side quests and all that bullshit. No, I just want to know the general arc of the game, hit the point where they play the credits, and then move on to the next one. But mm-hmm. I don't... I'm not in undergrad anymore. I don't have all of the my entire life to pour into games. Yeah, so that I can do that on mediocre games. And also, I just have... There's too many decent game experiences for me to choose... Something that I've decided is not really that great, simply mm-hmm. for the plot. It's not like Assassin's Creed is like this magnificent sort of narrative opus. Yeah. Right. Well, so, which yeah, is why I haven't much. come back to any of them. But I'm super excited. Like I've dabbled in two and four because I've heard so many good things. But mm. one of the reasons why it's only been dabbling is because I want to do the series right. Having said that. Hitman is the only uh, is a, is a great example because I just didn't care that I didn't finish the last game or whatever. I just started playing it as if it was a new game and it was fine. Yeah, I think Hitman's a little bit different with that regard. The the, the plot has never really been at the forefront yeah. of the the game, and it's it's more about that open nature of Hitman and and, and replaying the missions and and having that sort of sandboxy approach to being think- able to um, complete your goal. Um, of assassinating someone, which is the the draw more for Hitman, but the draw for bringing it back to Call of Duty. Oh right, that's where we started. That's where we started. the 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 draw for Call of Duty for me ha- was very much more the real world 
um, modern setting warfare. Uh, um, you mean I, modern I pref- warfare? Yes, I, I preferred um, so Call of Duty Four Modern Warfare is uh, possibly the best Call of Duty game, in my opinion. I think um, most it, people. It's, it's yeah, it's that. rivaled a little bit by Black Ops, but I think yeah, the the first Black Ops game. Uh, but I think that was more because of the situation I was in and that having dual screen multiplayer mm. and me and and my housemate just rinsing that game. Um, but but Call of Duty 4, uh, it was fantastic in, in the levels, in the mechanics, in the weapons, in it's the upgrade system. The only Call it of Duty... It set the precedent... Apple... Sorry. Yeah, I was just going to say, it set the precedent for all of the future games and, and set up that system of progression and, and upgrading and, and everything else um, that you now see in these... these um, later iterations um, and I'm just not interested in the jumpy jumpy wall runny futuristic setting for Call of Duty so I want a remaster of Call of Duty 4 I want to be able to purchase that are without... you okay with waiting six months yeah that's fine I don't I, mind waiting six I, months I almost guarantee you that they will release it on its own disc oh, in I six fucking months. hope so yeah, um, I, I, because I, I want, they know I that there's people like us out there. I Call of Duty Four was the only Call of Duty game after two, because I played one and two, and then just didn't. It never really got me. But that was the one game that has persistently come up that I'm like, I kind of wish I had played that. Yeah, um, yeah. So not only to have it, you know, work on a uh, modern console, but also to have you know a little prettier. I'm not gonna lie, I don't mind little pretty like prettier graphics but as long as the game core gameplay is the same yeah sure of course i'll take the remaster Um, i mean as soon as this was as soon as this was announced and the first sort of promo images uh popped up saying you know infinite warfare um along with this you can get um the, the the remaster of call of duty 4 i i said that i would pay you know 30 quid just for the multiplayer portion of Call of Duty Four, which is so not if a it comes out, if it, in some. no, no, not at all. And if it comes out in six months and is available just as a standalone um, option, great, absolutely fantastic. I will definitely pick that up um, and wholeheartedly ignore the new version of Call of Duty. Well, so it's not like Call of Duty has been very large map vehicle focused Mm -hmm. Uh, although I did enjoy the comment that um, Call of Duty will have space battles before Battlefront does (laughs) (laughs) yeah Um, but like it's such a strange move Mm, completely Um, hey if your franchise is stale stick some space in there usually space in things is known as padding um <laughs> but yeah, it's just such a strange thing, and, and especially because it seems like it's not like you're on a space station fighting where gravity might get turned off or some sort of unique thing like that. It seems like this, at least from the trailer and the few articles I've read from who knows what caliber of um, source, it seems like it's mostly like get in a spaceship and shoot people. Um, I think some of the um, some of the things that I've seen take you to um, either moons or, or other planets 
Um, and I would think it's going to be very, very similar um, just with a, rather than it being an earth setting and textures, it will be, I don't know, what other planets are there? Mars. It will be red and rocky. Really? Because I got the sense that it was very, they were trying to do like, here's modern warfare, here's the next century where we fight in literal satellites of Earth, right? Where were things orbiting Earth? I didn't get the sense that there was, like, travel. Um, uh, but I might be wrong. Well, um, I don't know. We've only seen a very small amount of it with I the trailer say that, that they've... Um, I don't know if you can tell, released. but we've been talking since I poured, and the head is sort of half crumbled, but still, still very much there of this mm. um, rumble in that's the stuck, That's stuck around. Um, the nose, which has been sitting, so is is um, malt, sort of sweet malt. Nothing else. Just you smell it, and you're like, that is clearly a nice, slightly caramelized malt. Nice. Looks very dark. It is very dark. Oh, good. Unexpected. Unexpected. So usually an IPA's flavor is very thick and sort of just continues through sort of four mid late. I would say like, and by thick, I mean like, I guess robust might be a better word, Mm -hmm. but this almost has a wateriness to it. Okay. So where I mean like, like a, that's what I mean by thick and thin that sort of, yeah, it's, it's not, it's, it's not as viscous. Maybe yeah. as, a, as, a, as a normal idea. Especially IPA. considering how thick the head is, it it surprises me that like the taste is sort of this very thin wateriness. Um, you definitely get the hops. You get that sweetness from the malt that lingers. The hops aren't super strong. They don't. They don't linger in a good way. Like you don't get that drying outness. You get a slight mm, like mm. my mouth is a little dry. It's it's it, it does hit that point that we were referring to earlier, where it's like, oh, my mouth is a little dry. I maybe I should have another sip. Um, yeah. My complaint for this one though is there's not the finish is like a good, excellent IPA finish. That makes sense. Like it makes you sort of yeah, want yeah. to replenish your palate. Oh God, I said the I literally uttered the phrase replenish your palate apologies to the world um but like the the actual initial taste in the main body is just not strong enough i guess like yeah. just there's not it's a little textbook in the sense of like blandness not like non-uniqueness i i haven't had many beers that taste like this so, so I don't mean textbook as in like this is what you would do to if you follow the steps. I mean text in the sen- textbook in the sense of not scintillating. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Nice. So, is there anything you'd like to discuss further about Call of Duty um, and having to have a disc within a system to be able to play what really should be a standalone element? I, I guess you said you totally understand. 
their move. And I yeah. totally understand it from a fiscal, uh, financial from a point. Yeah, from a, a business point but of view, yes. In in sort of a community cultural way, I, beca- I know my feelings are it's it's a new precedent um, and it shows exactly where you put the consumer and their needs in yeah. a negative way. Um, and I just wanted, was curious if you thought that to what degree you thought that would impact things. Um, I don't think that the Call of Duty audience... You know, we always talk on this podcast about um, the small minority, when you don't like something, hmm. you're quite vocal about it. And I think that this is the, this, the same sort of thing, that there has been a lot of people talking about, um, you know, not liking the way that Call of Duty has been progressing um, and hmm. how it's been moving, the iterations have been moving, um, nor the idea that you would, you know, have to have a disc or that... This remaster is um, sort of price gated mm. um, content, um, and I think maybe that we are now that small minority that we sort of talk about with these other issues. We are the people that are saying we don't like this, so we're going to talk about it quite vehemently with everybody else who also doesn't like it. And actually, there's probably a shitload of people out there who, who don't, don't give a fuck. Yeah. And they will purchase the newest Call of Duty anyway because so, it's the game they get every year because they enjoy Call of Duty. They enjoy the way that the um, the game is progressing, the um, evolution of, but, of Call of Duty as a shooter, but um, I, I, you, the new mechanics yeah. they bring in, and that this is just a nice, you know, the, the inclusion of Call of Duty 4 is just a bonus yeah. for them. I have to say, though, that they're... they're in this last Call of Duty cycle, so Blops 3 cycle, yeah. um, there, I've seen quite a bit more commentary about the stagnancy of the franchise. And I don't think that's just because I've been reading more gaming articles, which is also true. Mm. Um, mm. But I, I do think that there's something more than just... the At least said small minority seems to have grown. or, or is, The size is accelerating. Mm. And I guess that's where I'm curious. If I was part of that, I am part of that minority, right? Or that 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 group. That's that. Um, and this is like a slap in the face to that set of I don't like where you're going. I think you're just phoning it in. Um, you seem to have seen that Titanfall had initial buzz, so yeah. you're just gonna take some things from that. Um, now it looks like you've seen that Destiny had some buzz, so you're going to take from that. Um, I guess Call of Duty The Division Ops Ghost is next year's project. Um, and it's just sort of that... I guess I know that there is still a large core audience who are Call of Duty fans and will always buy it, but I noticed on Blops 3, especially after all the initial rouge came out, there were people who were like, I see what you're saying, I agree with those reviews, I bought it, I agree with those reviews, but it's still the Call of Duty game. And I feel like that exemplifies that there's people way closer to, people moving closer to that, the border of 
this is no longer my franchise. Yeah, I'm not saying exactly. they're very close to that border, but I feel like it's draw. The last generation drew them closer, and it, it, this doesn't seem like it's going to be doing anything but drawing them even further away because it's mm. such a weird departure. And it is literally drawing the juxtaposition of all the weird things we are doing now and all the things you used to love. And so I'm super curious, um, especially if they release COD 4 standalone, discless COD 4, um, what those sort of statistics of multiplayer... Um, yeah, it would be very interesting how that splits the community. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, as, a, as a final point, I suppose, I, I believe that um, Black Ops 3 came out on um, last generation consoles also. came out on PlayStation 3 and Xbox yep. 360. Um, and I think this is the first Call of Duty, which is solely for the newer generation of consoles. So they but, obviously believe that there's enough of a user base on the newest consoles to well, not worry about um, the older um, machines. I, I think they don't have a choice, given that they're coming out Christmas time again, right? Uh, yes, normally around the beginning of November, isn't it? And at around that time, we're going to give PS 4.5 and Xbox 1.5 anyway, if the mm. rumors are to be believed. At least PlayStation clearly has a higher RAM, higher GPU, higher CPU skew. We just don't know what that means yeah. in the greater yeah. PlayStation universe. Um, but there are rumors that Xbox has a thing coming out too, in which case it makes perfect sense to only design if you are used to designing for two platforms you're going to design for current gen and current gen times 1.5 and not last gen because you just don't have the cycles to, to do that right yeah yeah that makes sense so that shall be us for another week hey what? if people wanted to say things to us how would they contact us? They can do that in lots of different ways. They can Ooh, email name us. Name four. Name four. They can email us. At? Tankedupcast at gmail.com. Okay. Three. They can speak to us on Twitter. At tankedup underscore cast. Um, I'm Although, at nova underscore 47. And Adel is at the Omniarch. That's Twitter. That only counts as one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you still have two more. I have two more. They can... Email the Out of Lives oh, Network. Does email and they count? can say, I fucking love Tanked Up. You should give them some money. Ooh, which won't I, happen because I no will, one I makes will, it. Yeah, money. there's no money in the entire organization. Uh, which I, is, well, I'm trying to think of what the actual thing is. It's Out of Lives. It's podcast at Out of Lives. Pod, podcast at Out of Lives. Um, I will say this, though. Given that I've now started listening to all of the Out of Lives podcasts, um, Out of the Crossfire has consistently said in their plug section, and these are the other ones, and they have never mentioned us. So I'm throwing the gauntlet down now. Out of the Crossfire is in our sights. <laughs> and um, our huge amount of users, you need to let them know that they can't just skip us because we don't say out of blank, which I'm pretty sure is why we're not remembered. <laughs> Um, unfortunately, throwing the gauntlet now down is essentially a plug for them, so they're already one up on us. 
Slightly, very slightly. Right, my fourth option of contacting us is by going to our YouTube page. You can Ooh. search for Tanked Up in YouTube and go to channels, and we are the first people that come up. Um, and you can leave us comments on the videos that we make. Also, you can just head four. to outoflives.net um, to see yes. all the other Out of Lives nonsense, um, including breaking news like the COD thing we talked about. Yeah, and the various worst features. Actual plugging. Yeah. <laughs> they have some. They have some very good articles up on. We, uh, on we have some stuff. very good articles. Uh, yeah, but I haven't written anything yet, so I can't say. Yeah, we we I still have the articles. We are out of words. What? Sorry, I rambled. So, um, noting that we're both a little tipsy, um, what was your beer what? of the week? Um, I'm. Going to go with the Samuel Adams Rebel IPA hmm. because the more I drank it, the better it became. The um, the, the the brew dog, it's got a nice tropical flavour. Um, however, shit, 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 shit. you've just poured fucking beer everywhere. Mm-mm. Almost, almost. I managed to Not- inhale enough head. Shut up, shut up, shut up. Uh, the, yeah, the brew dog is nice. Um, it's got that tropical flavour, but it's nowhere near the cloud water that I had a few weeks right. ago. Um, the Harbour, again, a, a nice IPA, but just a little bit too dry. The flavour just dis- disappeared so right. quickly from that beer. Um, whereas Samuel Adams was nice. It was a very balanced sort of, ooh, that's a lot of head. Um, you know, and, and as I said, I could have I could have very easily had another had another beer straight afterwards so right. uh, you know true to form another sort of sessionable um beer that i can have several of is my pick for this week um i'm gonna also go along with that uh, i think unless a beer is very unique in a in a in a strong remarkable way i do also lean towards the sessionable yep even if it's super strong, like a session can be two. Um, but I, I'm going to go for the, um, and I, I, maybe if I'm smart enough, I'll go to feelsgood.ca. But the feelsgood Imperial Pilsner, not only does it have the best label design, where we know nice. the pug, it looks like a pug, and it doesn't have weirdly placed breasts. Um, royal pug. Um, but also, it was it, it's very drinkable. It had some nuance. Um it's also essentially summer, thanks yep. to global warming. Um, it is. So it is. It sort of fits that sweet spot that that the outdoors and um, spring and slight crispness um, calls for. The ruby red was frankly forgettable. Okay, I just it had a unique taste that just didn't go anywhere and left really quickly. And then the the um, rumble in the alley round two, despite not only did it have a logical contradiction in its description, but also it, the, I don't know why Smash is capital S, capital M, small A, capital S, capital H, um, but it it's a really weird IPA. It just sort of fades really quickly. It doesn't have a strong hoppy taste. It's just 
if I wanted an IPA, I would never reach for this. If I were an interesting beer, I might. Okay, yeah. Right? It's not uninteresting, but it's just yeah, yeah. odd. So, Imperial Pilsner for the win. I didn't think I would pick a Pilsner over an IPA. No, no, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. Good. So, we are definitely fucking tanked up for another week. Thanks for listening. Take it easy. Ciao. There we go. Is it going to reduce your little face down? Yeah, there we go. That's better. Little face. Well, it is, it is a little face now. <laughs> Just realised that every time I say ciao, I I have waved. You wave as well, I know. Every I know. time. I have noticed that. Um, <laughs> it doesn't make any sense, and I don't think I can help it.